Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read from Exodus chapter 26. And it's a fairly long chapter. And I hope you like HGTV because it feels a bit like a home improvement or construction project. But let's just remember where we're at. Moses is on the mountain with God. And God is instructing Moses to have the people of Israel make a structure called the tabernacle that can be a portable place, a tent of worship as they travel in the wilderness. Now, God has been giving some instructions on items that will be used in this tent of worship. But now God is laying out some of the dimensions and further details about the construction and materials of this tabernacle. And so let's uh, get into it. Exodus chapter 26. God says this, make the tabernacle from 10 curtains of finely woven linen. Decorate the curtains with blue, purple, and scarlet thread and with skillfully embroidered cherubim. These 10 curtains must all be exactly the same size, 42 feet long and six feet wide. Join five of these curtains together to make one long curtain, then join the other five into a second long curtain. Put loops of blue yarn along the edge of the last curtain in each set. The 50 loops along the edge of one curtain are to match the 50 loops along the edge of the other curtain. Then make 50 gold clasps and fasten the long curtains together with a clasp. In this way, the tabernacle will be made of one continuous piece. Make 11 curtains of goat hair cloth to serve as a tent covering for the tabernacle. These 11 curtains must all be exactly the same size, 45 feet long and 6 feet wide. Join five of these curtains together to make one long curtain and join the other six into a second long curtain. Allow three feet of material from the second set of curtains to hang over the front of the sacred tent. Make 50 loops for one edge of each large curtain. Then make 50 bronze clasps and fasten the loops of the long curtains with the clasps. In this way, the tent covering will be made of one continuous piece. The remaining three feet of the tent covering will be left to hang over the back of the tabernacle. Allow 18 inches of remaining material to hang down over each side so the tabernacle is completely covered. Complete the tent covering with a protective layer of tanned ram skins and a layer of fine goat skin leather. For the framework of the tabernacle, construct frames of acacia wood. Each frame must be 15 feet high and 27 inches wide with two pegs under each frame. Make all the frames identical. Make 20 of these frames to support the curtains on the south side of the tabernacle. Also make 40 silver bases, two bases under each frame with the pegs fitting securely into the bases. For the north side of the tabernacle, make another 20 frames with their 40 silver bases, two bases under each frame. Make six frames for the rear, the west side, of the tabernacle, along with two additional frames to reinforce the rear corners of the tabernacle. These corner frames will be matched at the bottom and firmly attached at the top with a single ring, forming a single corner unit. Make both of these corner units the same way. So there will be eight frames at the rear of the tabernacle set in 16 silver bases, two bases under each frame. Make crossbars of acacia wood to link the frames, five crossbars for the north side of the tabernacle and five for the south. Also make 
five crossbars for the rear of the tabernacle, which will face west. The middle crossbar, attached halfway up the frames, will run all the way from one end of the tabernacle to the other. Overlay the frames with gold and make gold rings to hold the crossbars. Overlay the crossbars with gold as well. Set up this tabernacle according to the pattern you were shown on the mountain. For inside of the tabernacle, make a special curtain of finely woven linen, decorate it with blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and with skillfully embroidered cherubim. Hang this curtain on gold hooks attached to four posts of acacia wood. Overlay the posts with gold and set them in four silver bases. Hang the inner curtain from clasps and put the Ark of the Covenant in the room behind it. This curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. Then put the Ark's cover, the place of atonement, on top of the Ark of the Covenant inside the most holy place. Place the table outside of the inner curtain on the north side of the tabernacle and place the lampstand across the room on the south side. Make another curtain for the entrance to, to the sacred tent. Make it of finely woven linen and embroider it with exquisite designs using blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Craft five posts from acacia wood, overlay them with gold, and hang the curtain from them with gold hooks. Cast five bronze bases for the posts. Wow. <laughs> Are you still listening? You didn't, you didn't turn it off yet, did you? You didn't skip ahead? I mean, I can just imagine some of us uh, listening to that going, all right, help me out here. Uh, my wife, Vicki, is an interior designer, and her passion is to help people create space that reflects who they are and brings peace, to help them design a space that people want to be in and is life-giving. And here, God clearly wants to be involved in the interior design and architecture of this space called the tabernacle. He cares about the details, the materials, and the environment. I mean, I'm, I was kind of uh, tempted just to kind of skip ahead and go, okay, you get the idea. God's building a tent here. But God is very clear and detailed about what he wants this tent, this tabernacle, to look like and all of its functions. I mean, you can picture God having his own show on HG, you know, TV, right? Holy God TV. I know that's cheesy, but come on. Now, you can see him laying out plans for this space, you know. But why does God care so much about this traveling worship space? It's just a tent, right? Now, remember why God wants them to build this space to begin with, because I think this is the key. In the last chapter, in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, God said this, Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. God doesn't want to just speak to them from a mountain. God desires to live in the midst of his people. He wants to camp with the people. And this has always been God's desire and heart from the very beginning. What's interesting is that there are two relatively brief chapters in the Bible found in the book of Genesis that are devoted to the story of God creating all things. <laughs> two chapters, not even really that long of chapters, devoted to God creating everything. Yet here in this book, in the book of Exodus, there are at least, you know, give or take how you read it, six chapters 
and fairly long chapters dedicated to the design, the details, and the creation of this one space, this one tent in which God seeks to meet with his people. Do you find that odd at all? Now, do you think God wants to be with his people? Do you think meeting with his people is a priority? Yet, here's the thing. I think God's ultimate desire is to not merely live among his people in a building made with human hands. His supreme desire is to live within his people, for his people to be a walking, breathing, living temple of his spirit, his presence, and his power. In the New Testament of the Bible, in a letter called 1 Corinthians, in chapter 3, verse 16, the pastor and missionary named Paul is writing to a group of followers of Jesus, some Christians, and he writes something very powerful. He writes this, and it can really be mind-blowing if you really let yourself dwell on this a bit. He says this, don't you realize, he's speaking to followers of Jesus, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, lives in you. The Spirit of God lives, not in a building, not in some sacred space, but within his people. And together, as his followers, we are the very temple of God. This is God's ultimate desire, to reside within his followers, to empower, to comfort, to counsel, to guide, and to be with us, and to be in us. Do you believe that God loves you and wants to be with you? If you're a follower of Jesus, do you know that God's spirit lives within you? Not in some building you go visit, but you are that temple. The invitation is to respond to God's desire to be with you and make a choice to be with him. So how might you today take just even a few moments to recognize that God is eager to be with you? For me, one thing that I do is to ask God to fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit. There's a passage in Scripture that says, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, yeah, when you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, but then continually be filled to overflowing, overflowing, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. There's always more of my life I can give to God, right? So I pray this thing, as, as, as much as I try to remember, I, I pray, come Holy Spirit, fill me today. Just a simple prayer. Come Holy Spirit, fill me today. And there's good news. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, in the New Testament, the story of Jesus, Jesus describes God as our good heavenly Father, and he makes this promise. He says this, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I encourage you to ask God to give you the gift of, of himself, the gift of his spirit to live in you, to empower you, to shape you, to lead you, to be with you. Because after all, this is God's passion. If he's going to devote that much time to details of a tent, to meet with his people, to be among them, how much more is he interested in living within you? His creation, 
made in His image. Another thing I try to do is just recognize that God is with me, that He wants to be with me and among me and around me and ahead of me, and He wants to do life with me. One thing I did and encouraged others to do a while back was to set up a reminder on my phone to go off a couple times a day that would just pop up and say, God is with me. And so I have an iPhone, so I said, Siri, and she went, yes. And I said, could you please remind me every day at 10 a.m. that God is with me? And that reminder started to go off each day at 10 a.m. I was in all different kinds of circumstances, meetings, situations, and it would pop up on my screen, God is with me. And this was a helpful, life-giving reminder. It gave me peace. It reminded me that I was not alone. It reminded me that God loves me. It gave me perspective in all sorts of different circumstances. So how could you, I mean, that's one way I did it, but how can you remind yourself that God wants to be with you, that he is with you, and he wants to live in you? And so today, what is God saying to you, and what will be your response? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come, fill us, God. Be with us. We want more of you. Remind us that you are with us and you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.